Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 34 The Humbug Dorothy and company were set down gently at the gates to the green city of Emerald. Their carriers made a short three-hour flight to get them to their destination. The four colored apes turned and flew away almost immediately. The two gray ones stood and looked at Dorothy, as though they were waiting for further instructions. Dorothy looked at them. We're even now, she said as she nodded at them. They returned the gesture and flew off to rejoin the tribe. The gate to the city opened without so much as a knock and they were all begrudgingly escorted in and fitted with the goggles by the ugly munchkin. This time, however, he was kind enough to fit Dorothy with a pair that did not nearly crush her skull. Once they were done with that particular formality, they were escorted back to the Green Palace, where they were once again each given a room of their own. Dorothy spent most of the night eating, bathing, and even reading a little. Mister ate a little bit, but spent most of the night lying on his back, staring up at the ceiling blankly. The lion ate all there was to eat before curling up on the soft bed and falling asleep. The tin woodman sat on a large rock. Plotting, seething, as the rage within his metal chassis brought his oily blood to a boil. The following morning, Dorothy was escorted to the throne room. When she arrived, it was empty, just as she had expected it to be. The wizard seemed like the kind of guy that liked to be fashionably late to make a grand entrance. Shortly after Dorothy arrived, so did the lion and mister. They all greeted each other warmly and exchanged glances of giddy excitement. Dorothy was finally going to be sent back to Kansas, and mister was going to have the best view in all the world. The lion would surely get something in return, Something a lion would enjoy. Maybe freedom or a steak. Probably freedom. Their small reunion was interrupted by a loud boom as a cloud of smoke appeared over the throne. The wizard was here, and he had their full attention. A large face formed in the cloud of smoke momentarily, followed by a loud clank. Boom, sputter, sputter, clank, clink, whoosh. 
As the smoke cleared, a figure could be made out. God damn it! God damn it, son of a bitch! Son of a fucking bitch! God damn you! Stupid machine! The smoke cleared the rest of the way, revealing a loud, obscenity-spewing man standing on the throne, stomping his foot on it. He then looked at his perplexed audience and quickly gave up on the charade. If you have forgotten the description of his face, go ahead and check chapter 17. It's okay. I'll wait. Okay, now that you're re-familiarized with his face, we can get on with the rest of this description. He was of average height and wearing a slick green suit, complete with green wing-tipped shoes. He looked as though he was no older than sixty years of age. <sighs> well, he said, I guess the cat's out of the bag. What the hell is going on here? asked Dorothy. The wizard stepped down and walked over to her. He gently placed his hands on her head and unclamped the goggles. Everything was white. Even the wizard's green suit was white. Follow me, he said as he walked to the south wall of windows and looked out. Dorothy stood next to him and gazed out over the city and across the land. You see that wall out there? The one surrounding Emerald. Yes, Dorothy said, looking at the outer wall of the city. It was large and indeed made of green emeralds, as one would expect. It's what makes this city called Emerald Green. Just a big, shiny trick. His voice was downtrodden and tired. The light hits it. And it reflects on everything. Anything not green is turned green with these silly goggles. He looked down at the goggles he had taken off Dorothy and tossed them aside. Why are you telling me this? she asked. Because I've been lying. For a very long time, Miss Gale. And it's time I come clean. I am obviously not a wizard. Just a sly trickster. Nothing but smoke and mirrors. I can keep the promises I made to your friends. Unfortunately, I will be unable to keep the one I made to you. Dorothy had a feeling he was going to say something to that effect. She just looked at him, watching as he walked away from her and back to the throne. He sat down, slouching, and resting his head on his left hand. 
Dorothy rejoined Mr. and the lion. But what about everything? I mean, you must have... You must... You must have some magic, right? Miss Gale, I just told you. I am not a goddamned wizard. My real name is Joseph. I'm just some guy from Utah. Just a liar. Albeit a clever, very good liar. For the most part, anyway. Dorothy refused to believe this. There was too much working in his favor as a wizard. You stole the colors from the greys. You trapped the witches. You saved Oz. You constructed this city. I didn't do any of that. Sounds like you've been getting a history lesson from the munchkin population. They love to tell stories, and they rarely get their facts straight. All I did was fall out of the sky, nearly, well, probably just about. What would it be now? He stopped to contemplate the time. I guess probably pretty close to 170 years ago. He pulled a flask from his coat pocket and took a swill of it before continuing. Everyone thought I was some kind of god. So I went with it. Who wouldn't? (laughs) Hell, for a while, even I believed it. After all, maybe it's not the craziest thing in the world to think that I'm some sort of a prophet. He took another drink. With everyone thinking I had some sort of divine power, They began constructing this palace for me, and offered me the city. (laughs) Who in the world would turn down a goddamned city for themselves? Hell, even the witches were afraid of me. And all for what? Bad luck? Of being caught in a goddamned tornado. <laughs> You've been here for one hundred and seventy years? Oh, probably more than that, really. It's hard to keep track of time around here. Time 
It moves strangely in Oz. Seems to move differently for everyone. I was 38 when I landed here. Now I'm pushing 208, at least. <laughs> and here I am, crazy as it sounds, looking like I'm 60 on a good day. What about the colors? If you're not magic, how did you steal the colors? Asked Mr uncharacteristically chiming in on the conversation. Joseph took another drink from his flask. Luck. Dumb fucking luck. <laughs> the witches, they were so worried that I was more powerful than them, that they desperately wanted to stay on my good side. So I told them that I would be eternally grateful for their help in constructing a wall around my city. A task they were all too eager to help with, mind you. Dorothy and company all stared on in disbelief. I sent them out to find emeralds. I wanted the wall to be beautiful, and my favorite color just so happens to be green. So, another swill from the flask, I thought emeralds would do the trick. <laughs> they, in turn, left in search of the stones, one to the east and one to the west. They brought back every stone they could find. And in the process, it somehow depleted the countryside of its colors. Hard to believe, I know. But really, what isn't hard to believe around here? Well, anyway... With the colors gone, so went the seasons, and so went the time. And with the time and the seasons, the ability to leave, and the greys they formed, a sort of limbo. Mombi and Krista each picked the last emerald of the east and the west. And as soon as that happened, the last of the stones lost their colors, causing the two of them to be locked away out there forever. In fact, Miss Gale, I am not 100% certain, but I'm pretty sure you are wearing what's left of those stones. He gestured to her wrist and finger. I went to see Krista when she didn't return. She told me everything, 
how the color disappeared, and all she was left with was a large, colorless rock. <laughs> I, of course, told her to just hold on. <laughs> that it was only temporary. That I had planned all along for her to rule an empire in the desert. <laughs> oh, it wasn't the craziest thing I've ever told someone. But maybe one of the most believable things. Dorothy looked at Mr., who looked back at her with equal confusion at the situation. She then looked back at Joseph. She was still dissatisfied and still looking for explanations. Explanations she felt he owed her. What about Krista? What about her? She said you put a hex on her. That she couldn't commit suicide because of you. She showed me the scars on her wrists and neck. How do you explain that? Stupidity, said Joseph without even a second thought, before taking another drink. Witches can't kill themselves. Don't know why, but that's just how it is. I suppose you can put that right up there with... Munchkins can't hurt people. No. No, no. You're telling me that a witch, which she was, was unaware that she, a witch, could not commit suicide? Well, you know, you don't, no, the door is locked until you check it. What? Dorothy asked. She was getting more frustrated with every word that came from his fraudulent mouth. Witches tend to live a long time. And they tend to like it that way. They don't want to die. Who does? And to that, they rarely are faced with their own mortality or have the desire to kill themselves. It's like having the perfect house. You walk by the front door every day, but you never want to go out. So you never have a need to check it. But before you know it, you realize the house is on fire, and you want out. But you can't leave, because the fucking door is locked. Never thought to check it, because you never had a reason. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, Dorothy said with a heavy sigh. I get it. I'm stuck here. Here, in Oz. With fake wizards and 
real witches and munchkins and scarecrows and lions and white cities that are green and all this other fucking bullshit. Hey, said Mr. looking at Joseph, if you're not magic, how did you appear to me as a beautiful woman? Joseph just looked at him, and with deep regret in his voice, he answered with a simple, You don't want to know. Let's just say it would not have been a sustainable look for me. Mister thought about it a little before lowering his head and sitting down in embarrassment. Embarrassment for not seeing through the guise of the so-called wizard, and for thinking he, or maybe she, was beautiful. It's okay, mister, said Dorothy, reaching down and placing a hand on his head. He had us all fooled. She then looked back at Joseph with a scowl. She had heard all she wanted to hear. Well, I guess I'm a resident of this palace now. But before I forget, she said as she slung her backpack around to her front, I was asked to give you this. She pulled out the book from Lothor and threw it down at Joseph's feet. It landed with a loud thump that echoed throughout the chamber. Joseph looked at it curiously as he leaned out of his throne to pick it up. Ah, and what have we here? I don't know. Lothor only said you would know what to do with it. Joseph thumbed through the book and quickly closed it with a loud snap. Lothor? Lothor gave this to you. He sounded worried. Yeah, I told him I would deliver it. And now I have, so do whatever you want with it. Tired of lugging it around anyway. Dorothy turned to the door and started walking away, Mr. and the lion close behind her. Wait! yelled Joseph in a sober, commanding voice that actually struck a small amount of fear in Dorothy's heart. She turned around and remained silent, as did her fellow travelers. She looked at Joseph with fear in her eyes, the kind of fear you get when you're a kid, and your father yells at you for coming home three hours after curfew or wrecking the car. She had held on to the book as somewhat of a insurance policy. If he went back on the deal to help her, she would keep it, maybe even burn it in effigy. She figured, since he literally could not help her anyway, why bother keeping it herself? Her reasons for the secrecy were very well justified in her head, and she was ready to make her argument. This book... It is not meant for me. Excuse me? asked Dorothy. She had no interest in doing this man any more favors, and this sounded like the beginning of a request. Lothor thinks I'm still a wizard. He probably thought I would send you on your way home.
and I would deliver this book to its rightful owner. So? So, I have no use for it. You, on the other hand, might. He fell silent and waited patiently for a response. Can you just stop talking in goddamned riddles? Dorothy was tired of listening, and his fishing for interest and questions was getting on her nerves. Easy, Miss Gale, he said, holding a calm hand out. This book belongs to a witch. A witch that might, just might, be able to get you back home. Right. There's a witch out there that can get me home. But you just forgot about her. Is that it? No, no, no. Let me guess. I have to kill her, too, right? (laughs) Uh, Not if you want to get home. 